Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about one of my favorite companies, Paleo Valley. They make some of the world's best health products, and I really love their Essential C Complex, which is one of the only immune-boosting products on the market that's made from whole food sources of vitamin C that your body can effectively absorb. You see, most vitamin C products only contain a fraction of vitamin C called ascorbic acid. This is the synthetic form of vitamin C, and it's often processed with GMO corn. With Essential C Complex, you get the full spectrum of vitamin C with all the additional nutrients, minerals, and bioflavonoids that make it so powerful in the first place, the way nature intended. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains three of the most potent sources of vitamin C on the planet, the unripe acerola cherry, the amla berry, and the kamu kamu berry. The acerola cherry alone is 120 times more potent than an orange. The daily recommended amount of vitamin C was decided upon based on the amount of vitamin C you need to not get scurvy, not really the amount you need for a stronger immune system. And this is why Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains 750% of your daily recommended value of vitamin C, completely sourced from nature. So you can thrive, not just survive. You see, vitamin C is an extremely fragile nutrient, and it can very easily lose potency if it's not processed correctly. So Paleo Valley has worked with the most responsible manufacturers they could find to gently break down each of these fruits. And to guarantee no vitamin C was lost in the processing, they recruited a non-biased third-party tester to confirm it contains the amount they put on the label. Because in times like these, when everything seems uncertain, your immune system shouldn't be. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and made with all organic superfoods. No fillers or flow agents that you'll find in most supplements. Nothing weird, just food. Check out paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS just simply my last name, Jockers, J-O-C-K-E-R-S today to get 15% off your order. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're gonna talk about gut health. We're gonna go through stomach acid. We're gonna talk about digestive enzymes. We're gonna talk about gut inflammation and postbiotics. You guys are gonna really get a lot out of this interview and I've got my friend Steven Wright here. He is a medical engineer. Kalish Functional Medicine Institute graduate, and he's a gut health specialist. He spent close to $400,000 overcoming his own health challenges using everything from Western medicine to shamans. Many of you guys can relate. You've spent a lot of money, a lot of time trying to get well. Steve's been there. He's gone through that, and he's the founder of HealthyGut.com, which is really innovative products, and we started selling these products on our store. My health coaches have been using these. We're really seeing great results. And we're going to talk about some of these products and why these products really can fit in the gap when it comes to some of these major root cause factors when it comes to digestive health and chronic inflammation. And uh, so you guys are going to get a lot out of this. We're going to talk all about gut health, inflammation, and really getting to the root cause. And so, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dr. Jockers. I'm, I'm uh, excited for this conversation. 
For sure. Now, you know, in your bio, as I mentioned, you spent over $400,000 overcoming your own health challenges. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like most people or not most people, but many people in this field, um, I joined it because I've had lifelong issues. I was, I was born with a, a hydrocele hernia, which is a type of birth defect where your intestines and your, um, your ball sack, I don't think we have to get too graphic here, but things get messed up down there for, for boys and uh, can cause a lot of pain. And so I basically have had digestive pain my entire life. And you can throw in a bunch of antibiotics from cystic acne and dermatologists who didn't know what they were doing and, uh, you know, Western medicine and then a animal house like college experience. And that's a pretty good recipe for, for a lot of chronic health issues. And so, um, to me growing up in the Midwest, I grew up in Michigan. It was just like, you're supposed to suck it up. You're supposed to figure it out. You know, don't complain, get the job done. And I was working in uh, downtown Chicago for a top four accounting firm. I had like my perfect job. I worked really hard for it. And I was every meal, didn't matter if it was chicken and lettuce or like burgers and beer, I would just cry. I had so much pain and gas. And so if you've been in that state, you know, the, the one thing that works is farting to get rid of the pain. And so I didn't want to do that because I'm in like a high rise in Chicago and I'm supposed to be meeting with clients, but you got to get it out. And so my coworkers started complaining that I was a stinky guy and I don't blame them because I was. And then that led to a conversation with my boss who was like, you got to handle this. Otherwise you got to go. Um, and so that was like my major wake up call. That was like my uh, two by four to the head, if you will. Um, uh, from there, I tried Western medicine and, and didn't get the answers I wanted. And um, luckily, you know, I had a really good friend, Jordan Reisner, and he was really struggling. He told me about this specific carbohydrate diet that a really awesome alternative uh, DO in Michigan had told him about. And within a week of changing my diet, like 50% of my symptoms were gone. And it was like this watershed moment for me as an engineer of like, holy cow, I hadn't even been considering all the inputs and all the outputs that I had control over. And I'd been giving all my power away to um, either, you know, Western medicine or, or not even just taking, just abdicating my power and my responsibility. And so that just kind of launched this, what's going on almost 12 years now of, well, okay, why, you know, why can't I eat dairy? Or why do I have to be gluten-free? Or why do I still have weight around the middle? Why is my brain not working correctly? You know, why am I mildly depressed and anxious? And so that's how you spend <laughs> a lot of money right. yeah. over, over a long time. For sure. Now the SCD, SCD diet, the simple carbohydrate diet, it's very similar to a low FODMAPS diet. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's really close, really close. Um, it's basically you're not eating any processed foods and you're really restricting any um, non-monosaccharides, which are the one cell or one, you know, uh, diameter carbohydrates. Yeah. And why do you think that worked so well? Why do you think you saw such improvement with that? Well, number one, inadvertently, it doesn't come out of that lineage of dietary ideas, but inadvertently you're, you're getting rid of a ton of sugars. You're getting rid of a ton of sweeteners. You're getting rid of all your grains. You're getting rid of most of the allergic compounds in the food system. And then number two, uh, for people with IBS and IBD and, uh, undiagnosed digestive issues, I believe a lot of them are struggling with the actual mechanics of digestion. They're in they're not totally capable at the moment for any number of reasons we can talk about of breaking food that's normally healthy down into, you know, little chunks that the body can actually absorb. And so the specific carbohydrate really helps for people who have brush border enzyme uh, issues. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the mechanics of digestion. Obviously it starts in our mouth, but then one of the main cogs, and this is something that we see in functional medicine all the time, is stomach acid and how, how important a role that plays. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, the stomach is so often overlooked. You know, I, I think uh, it's crazy. The next time you grab a handful of almonds or walnuts, like really feel it in your, your hand and like think about your stomach has to try to break down this nut that you can't even begin to make any, you know, your hand's not even close to strong enough to do anything with that. And so the stomach's job and the stomach acid is going to acidify that food. It's going to kill any incoming pathogens, which is super important. But also uh, one of the coolest things that I've been learning about is how 
the right acid bath basically opens up the 3D molecules inside of our food such that the enzymes in the stomach, mostly pepsin, uh, can start to actually like cleave off the amino acids so we can later absorb them in the small intestine. And so the stomach uh, liberates all kinds of minerals, iron, magnesium, calcium, zinc, vitamins uh, B12, folate, things like this. Um, it's super important for basically just setting the table uh, for the small intestine to really grab all the nutrients we want from the food that we've probably worked really hard to source and um, find cleanly. Yeah, for sure. And it also sterilizes the food coming in because even if it's like well-cooked food, it's still going to have bacteria and different pathogens coming in. So, you know, one sign that you may not have enough stomach acid is if you feel like you frequently get foodborne illness, right? So different things like that. So it's really important for sterilizing. And, um, you know, you also need that stomach acid to really move food through the stomach and into the small intestine and actually trigger the right amount of bile flow, right? There's receptors because the small intestine, you need that alkaline environment, whereas the stomach is super acidic. And so if you don't get enough acid in the stomach, you're not going to trigger enough bile and uh, bicarbonate release from the pancreas and, and, uh, and from the gallbladder and the liver. And so it's all these dynamics that go into it. Right. And then if that's off, then your pancreatic enzymes won't be activated right. correctly. So even if you get all the stuff there at the right time, it'll just be sitting on the sidelines on a smoke break, wondering what exactly. it's supposed to be doing. Exactly. And I've heard that at rest, your stomach acid is roughly around three to 3.5. So if you don't have anything in your stomach, you know, we know that water is typically 7.0, right? Which is neutral for thinking through our chemistry. So your stomach is always in an acidic state. However, to like break down a steak, for example, or some sort of hard protein, we need to get that acid down to about 1.5 to 2.2. And so that's very, very energy demanding. So it takes a lot of energy to be able to create that stomach acid to do that. And this is why a lot of people, if they're stressed, like if they're eating on the go, they're stressed, or um, if they've worn down their system or, or they're older, are not able to produce enough stomach acid. And this can be a really, really big factor. Yeah, and what you just hit on actually is uh, part of what grandma always said, or maybe your mom always said, which is don't go swimming after you eat. Mm. And one of the reasons why is that swimming and any sort of exercise activity is going to push uh, well, it's going to activate your sympathetic nervous system, which is going to turn off stomach acid production, but it also is going to push the blood to your extremities when we need all the blood right around your stomach to really create all this stomach acid and, and do its job. And so that's why, you know, this sort of wisdom from, from the ages ends up being so important. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you really need to be in that restful state, right? Like in my house, we pray before we eat, we, we spend time in gratitude, and that actually puts you in that parasympathetic state activates your vagus nerve, which comes down from your brainstem and signals the, the production of stomach acid. Uh, so you can actually digest your meal effectively. But in today's society, we're on the go all the time, right? We're eating on the go. I mean, just the idea of fast food, that's counterintuitive to actually good digestion, right? Like we shouldn't be eating anything fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, if you're not praying or saying your gratitudes or taking five really deep breaths, you every everything else all the supplements you bought all the functional medicine providers all even the meditation you did earlier the exercise you're sort of just throwing it out the window because in that one moment you've set your meal up to be poorly digested and then as you said the stomach really sets the ph for the rest of the digestive system which is kind of like the 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 speed sensor and so if the stomach doesn't happen or if the stomach acid doesn't happen and that process doesn't happen everything could be way too fast or way too slow after that. And so again, you've, you've done all this pre-work only to not pause and just relax for a moment. And, and that could be one of the biggest issues with, with whatever symptoms someone is struggling with. Yeah. So critical. So what are some of the most common symptoms that somebody's dealing with low stomach acid or really just, you know, sometimes when you say low stomach acid, people think the acid's too low, right? Like it's like, uh, you know, you're actually producing too much, but it actually means inefficient or insufficient amount of stomach acids. So you need, you need more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the pH scale, man, that thing took me so many years to literally <laughs> really grasp. Um, it's so hard to understand, I think. 
Um, but yeah, low stomach acid basically means you're not able to get the acid strong enough inside your stomach to do its job. And when that's happening, a lot of people experience symptoms that they classify and, and I've had heartburn and a lot of these things. So I understand the experience seems to feel like high acid or something stuck. Um, this can include burping. This can include heartburn like symptoms. Um, this can include lots of gas and bloating. Uh, I find that low stomach acid is highly correlated with recurrent uh, small intestinal uh, infections, whether that be SIBO, SIFO, Candida, you know, whatever you're, you're talking about in this person. Um, the other things is you can look into this deeper and you can find that your B12 ends up going down and you can end up with perniscus anemia, which is essentially secondary anemia to uh, low B12 and low iron. So there's there's like these crazy things that can start to happen if, if you go on for like 5, 10, 20 years of not getting enough amino acids. I mean, amino acids make up every cell. They make up the backbone of our neurotransmitters. I don't think it's I don't think we have to wonder too much about why depression and anxiety are so prevalent with IBS. Um, one factor is maybe we don't even have the building blocks to create those, those neurotransmitters properly. So the, the, there's very acute things that happen with every meal. I think one of the other big ones that I've run into, and uh, most men aren't <laughs> paying enough attention, but most women are, but they'll say like, oh, I want a steak. Like I literally, that's what my intuition wants or that's what I want. But when they eat it, it just sort of like sits around and they feel bad. And so they, they make this association that red meat's bad for them or steak is bad for them, but it's, it's just not true. You just don't have the processing power to break that red meat down. That's why you keep wanting it. Yeah, so true. In fact, actually, that's actually a home test that I have people do. We call it the steak test. You eat basically like a six ounce steak and normally you got enough fat and protein in there. You should feel good. You should feel satiated and, uh, you know, really shouldn't have, have a lot of hunger and cravings for, you know, at least three or four hours afterwards. And if you're noticing, you know, within three or four hours after eating that steak, if you're noticing acid reflux, bloating, um, gas, fatigue, brain fog, different issues like that, your joints are flaring up. It's all signs that you may not have enough stomach acid. And oftentimes you notice it a lot sooner than three hours. You notice it like within an hour, hour and a half of eating it, you just feel fatigued. You can't think right. You got to go take a nap. All signs, low stomach acid. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, I mean, it's, uh, I, th I think Dr. Steven Sandberg Lewis, a mentor of mine and Dr. Jonathan Wright, uh, wrote an amazing book on stomach acid. You know, they said that whenever someone presented with heartburn or IBS, they would do an in clinic test called the Heidelberg test, uh, to check to see if their stomach acid was low. And they found between 70 to 85% of their patient population who reported with these symptoms actually ended up having low stomach acid. So um, at the end of the day, this is potentially a very prevalent condition if you have if you meet this criteria. And the, the best thing is, is the test, like you just said, is so cheap. It's so readily available. And as we mentioned earlier, if you don't eliminate this as a root cause, all the probiotics, all the other testing you're doing can literally be skewed from this one issue at the top of, of the digestive cycle. Yeah, so true. It's just so critical. I mean, that's where you absorb zinc, you know, with, uh, you know, the, the virus and everything going on. A lot of people are talking about zinc. Zinc is absorbed in your stomach, through your stomach acid. If you don't have enough stomach acid, which is again, so common, not going to absorb that zinc effectively, right? Just so many different things, magnesium that are critical, uh, you know, with, so we need that stomach acid. So what are ways, what are things people can be doing at home? Uh, let's say without supplements to start to help support stomach acid levels. Well, we've already said the, the first number one thing, which is say your prayer, say your gratitude, do yes. your deep breathing before you eat, uh, with, with, uh, the way the world is set up, especially in today's culture and our phones and the internet, uh, it's a blessing and it's a curse that we tend to be in sympathetic dominant uh, a nervous system and we need to be in parasympathetic to really make proper stomach acid. So that's, you know, the cheap uh, but not always easy way to really help you break down your food. Um, beyond that, uh, you really need to get to the root cause of what's causing it. So there's not a lot else that I'm aware of. I mean, you might have some tips. Um, but you're going to have to go to some sort of bitters or something that stimulates yeah. um, 
digestion and stomach acid release. Um, and then that quickly, you know, snowballs into supplements. So it's, it's tough because if you get to that point where you've maybe the, your, your nervous system isn't working well enough, it's not regulated enough, or you've lost too much zinc, zinc's part of stomach acid. So it's a cycle where Delicious you cycle. lose. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, you get into this really hard thing where pretty much the answer is going to be, you're going to need a supplement. Yeah, for sure. Like you were saying, you know, zinc is part of stomach acid. So if you don't absorb zinc, well, you can't produce stomach acid well, and then you don't absorb zinc. So, you know, it's just, you got, had this endless cycle there. And yeah, there are some things you can do that, that I've seen help people apple cider vinegar, like doing some apple cider vinegar before meals. In fact, that's actually like a good kind of standalone test to do before you start supplementing with BTNHCL is just take like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and four ounces of water, drink it. And if you notice irritation in your stomach, like if you actually have pain, that's a sign that you have a very weakened gastric uh, mucosal membrane or possibly an ulcer that's being irritated. And so therefore you actually wouldn't want to supplement with BT and HCL until you heal and repair that. Um, but you know, that's, that's more of a rare, that's more of an exception. Most people have enough mucosa, but they just are not producing enough stomach acid. So they take the apple cider vinegar with their meal and they may notice some improvement. Um, and so that can be helpful. You can also choose some ginger, like ginger root, something really, really tart. Like you were talking about the bitter or drink ginger tea. Um, and that can also help improve stomach acid production. Also, I tell people to eat, eat your meat in the beginning of the meal. You know, we we're always taught mm. eat your vegetables first, right? Like, so if you have meat yeah. and vegetables on your plate, you eat your salad, you know, you eat all that first. But actually, if you think about gravity, you know, your, your stomach is producing acid. It's going to concentrate on the bottom. So you want your meat, which needs more of that acid to sit there at the bottom. So it's in that concentrated acid, the, the vegetables need less of that. So you want them kind of piling on top and that actually, um, works well, you know, so, so it's counterintuitive to what we've been taught, but it do, definitely does help, um, deep breathing. Like you talked about not hydrating a lot with your meals, right? So a lot of people are drinking, totally. You know, a lot of people don't drink throughout the day and then they get to their meal and they're eating food and they're just, just guzzling water or whatever, whatever they're drinking, iced tea or something. And all of that's diluting your stomach acid. So those are just bad habits. So, um, you know, you want to have good digestive hygiene. So all these things can help, but I will tell you that, you know, none of those things are going to move the needle quite as much as taking a really good form of uh, betaine HCL for somebody that really needs it. So I know you created this great product, HCL Guard, right? And so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and, and I will say that, um, <clears throat> you know, my experience actually is not that you need to take an HCL product the rest of your life. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Wright writes about, writes about this in his book about how the majority of his patients are on it for a period of uh, months to years, like six months to two years typically. And when you yeah. finally accumulate enough zinc and magnesium and you finally heal enough from your your healing journey typically your stomach acid production returns to normal and then you'll you'll start to taper off these products so i, I just want to say that up front because some people really are concerned that like hey am i signing up for a lifelong sentence and my experience as well as what i've seen with with like thousands of people now is that's not normally the case yeah so. i find that as well because the more that we take stress off of the gut the more the gut's able to do what it was designed to do. However, if the gut's overloaded with stress or nutrient deficiencies, right, dysbiosis, all these different issues that uh, could be compounding it, then it's not able to function well. Therefore, it's not able to, to have that energy to produce the stomach acid that it needs. A thousand percent. Um, and so I, I actually, uh, BTNHCL was the first supplement I introduced after I switched my diet because I was in like Yahoo listers back in 2009, 2010, the internet wasn't this amazing experience like it is now. Mm -hmm. And I was reading about how an Olympic trainer was using this, like it was this first supplement he introduced to his gold medal athletes because he realized that they didn't get enough protein out of their meals. And so I was like, well, if it's good enough for an Olympian, I think I should try it. And immediately it improved that like fatigue you mentioned after meals, it, it stopped um, some of my bloating, uh, some of the burping I would have, just that indigestion. Um, and so I've used almost every brand out there. 
Um, but once I started into this deep dive into functional medicine and learning about anatomy and biology, I was always like, why, why is there not intrinsic factor in here? I mean, intrinsic factor is this thing that goes out and basically grabs B12. It's like a bouncer that protects it because B12 is kind of fragile. And then it helps shepherd it into the, into the body through the small intestine. So it always just, I was like, okay, we have B, we have low, low acid. So we, we uh, prop that up with HCL. We have low pepsin usually because that goes along with the HCL, but we also know about intrinsic factors. Why aren't we putting that in there? So that always just bugged me from anatomy perspective mm -hmm. and wanting the most out of my products. Um, and so, you know, many years later when it, you know, no one had still not done this. And I had told many manufacturers like, Hey, why not? Um, I, that's part of what I want to do with HCL guard was put intrinsic factor in there and just see, does it actually matter to people? Do we see better results with it? And so far the feedback has been, you know, anecdotal and kind of like hard to pin down, but it does seem that people tend to uh, use less capsules of HDL guard and, and have more ancillary benefits. And so I do think some of that is, is due to the B12, but I also think the inclusion of uh, organic ginger powder, which is a prokinetic studied in the research literature, um, as well as DGL, which is a, a typically used in Asia for all types of what you were talking about, the gastritis and the, the mucosal linings, yeah. um, was just my sort of like innovation on what an HDL product should do. Like, let's try to figure out how we can support the entire process right from the beginning. Yeah, that's really good. Because again, like you were talking about ginger and DGL, both of them actually help stimulate the vagus nerve. And then on top of that, they're also helping support the overall mucosal membrane in the stomach, small intestine. So, uh, so we know there's damage there if somebody's not producing enough stomach acid. So we might as well get compounds in there to help support, um, you know, the, 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 the healing process there. So, yeah, I think that's great. Now, how does somebody, how should somebody go about dosing a product like your HCL guard? So, HCL can be kind of any any company's HCL can be kind of um, intimidating to people because this is not a read the back of the bottle and just take take what it is. Even if you you know hopefully work with your provider, um, you know that's the easiest way to do it. If you have a health coach, I know that your your health coaches know how to do this. But you basically do what's called the HCL challenge. So uh, you know the first night you eat your six ounce steak doesn't go well. Next night, eat the six ounce steak, take one capsule of HCL guard. If you don't notice anything, that's a really good indication. This product's going to do great for you once you find your ideal dosage. And so you just keep upping um, the capsules per day until you find a place where either you literally have too fast digestion. So you have a decrease in the quality of your stools. You have loose stools. You have something like that or you feel some sort of hotness, heat, or um, like sensation in your upper sternum area. And then at that point, that basically just says that, hey, there's too much acid in your stomach. You need a, you need a base to balance that out. So grab some baking soda, a teaspoon of baking soda, and like a little bit of water, put that down. That should neutralize that, that uh, acid base issue. And then you know your dosage, let's say you got to four, then you know your ideal dosage is three. Mm -hmm. um, and so then you just stay at three uh, with any protein meal. So if you eat a salad without protein, or if you just, uh, if you're a shake person, you make yeah. a shake in the morning, it's already pre-digested. Don't take BTNHCL then. Um, don't take HCL guard then. Um, but any other normal meal, then you would take your three capsules um, until you notice, like we said, you know, maybe it'll be at month three, maybe it's month nine, but you'll notice that like, oh, hey, maybe I only need two capsules. I don't know. That was weird. And then that's what I just see is that people just then, taper at some point and they're good to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, how about somebody that's used to feeling that, that sort of um, acid reflux type of burning the heartburn, if they're already used to noticing that when they're consuming a meal, is there any difference in the way that they dose the HCL guard? Uh, well, the first thing is if one, one pill of HCL guard causes that to get way worse, then mm -hmm. stop immediately, uh, yeah. you know, contact you or me for a refund or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, the product that's basically suggesting what you said earlier with the apple cider vinegar test, that right. they're having some sort of ulcer gastritis, the product's not yeah. right for you right now. Yeah, that's um, why I always recommend the apple cider vinegar test first, you know, before you buy the product, just take that, see if you have irritation. If not, then, and you're having these types of symptoms we talked about, or you're concerned about stomach acid, then it's worth giving this a shot. 
Yeah. And then for the rest of them, it's just finding that right, that right balance. Usually they take one pill. They don't really notice much. It feels the same. They take two. There'll be a number, um, you know, especially if someone's been on acid blockers, either Tums or something else for a long time, you're going to need maybe five or six capsules a meal, probably. And so you got to be willing to push, push through that to find your, find your appropriate dosage, do your own at home, um, you know, guess and check method basically. Uh, but there usually is a point where that tends to go away. And actually myself, uh, like I was just in Vegas for the biggest supplement show uh, in North America, Supply Side West. I was trying to meet all these probiotic vendors and prebiotic vendors and talk to them. And when I'm on the road, my habits just are not as very good. And like, I ate a big steak dinner and someone else paid for it. It was great. I was like, I'll take the big one, you know, and I didn't have, <laughs> I just took my normal dose, right? I just took right. my normal three pills and I got back to my hotel room. Um, and I was like, oh man, I'm having, having heartburn. And so immediately what I did is I grabbed another HCL guard and took that, even though it'd been, you know, 90 minutes since the meal ended. Yeah. And that immediately resolved the, mm -hmm. the, the heartburn like feeling. Um, so when you, I, that's how I use it. I mean, not every, that's advanced user technique. Yeah, because you knew your issue was stemming from low stomach acid, not high stomach acid or not like gastric, you know, gastric lining irritation. Right. Right. Yep. And a lot of my listeners here understand this. They've, they've, I put out a lot of content on stomach acid. So they understand like there's, there's little strategies like this, little nuances. And if you haven't just go back to, you know, just, just scroll back on this podcast or video and listen to what he just said there. So he took his normal dosage. He had a bit, he had more meat than normal, larger meal than normal, um, took his normal dosage and he had acid reflux symptoms. So really he needed more acid. So that's why he went and took that extra capsule. So these are little nuances to look out for that can really make a difference because when you do that, he's going to sleep better that night. He's going to wake up in the morning, have better bowel movements in the morning, better start to his day. So understanding those nuances can be critical. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, a lot of this comes from listening to podcasts like this and just, just yeah. doing it at home. Like you learn on the fly. Yeah. There's no, even if you're working with Dr. Shocker's staff or team there, um, they're going to tell you the same thing that you have to be willing to experiment, which I know can be very scary. And, um, and I, Hey, I've made mistakes. I've taken too many capsules or one time I thought, uh, you know, I just take these capsules and I drink a, like a protein shake with this is already amino acids and had like, you know, super burning. So like, you know, mistakes do happen, but you can recover. You're not causing long-term damage as long as you nullify it with the baking soda. And this product literally does, I call it like a light switch product because when you hit the right dosage for your body, it turns the lights on. You yeah. feel more energetic. Your bowel movements are better. Your your pain usually in the gut area, whatever that's related to, is typically better. And you're setting up the conditions like we talked about to make sure no bugs are coming into your body from an immune perspective. And you're setting up the conditions to not have SIBO and and sort of overgrowth in the small intestine, which I think is like the most underrated uh, part of of proper stomach acid. Yeah, it's so true. And then there's so many people out there that are taking PPIs and different acid blocking medications and taking those over a long period of time actually has been shown to cause early mortality, meaning that people die earlier. And this is because they're deficient in key nutrients, you know, things we've already talked about, things like zinc, vitamin B12, uh, and oftentimes iron, different things like that. And then on top of that, they're also not breaking down those amino acids. They're creating more inflammation in their body and they're not, not ever getting to the root cause. So if you're out there and you've been on these medications, you really need to strongly consider um, doing what we've talked about, trying out that apple cider vinegar test, see if it irritates you or not. If it doesn't irritate you, then trying out something like the HCL guard, starting with one capsule, you know, seeing if you notice improvement there, if not, you know, like with, with, without taking any sort of acid blocking medication, possibly going up to two, right. And always a good idea to obviously work with a functional health coach, but uh, you know, this is the kind of product that we're using on a regular basis to help people with these kind of conditions, getting off these medications and really extending their lifespan and their quality of life as well. Yeah. And I know you're yeah, seeing yeah. that with your team as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I want to be super clear, you know, HCL guard does not treat any uh, medical conditions, acid reflux, things like that. Um, my philosophy is like, if we set the conditions for the body to be healthy, 
a lot of our pains and our aging signs and some of these issues tend to fade away over time. And so if you set the right conditions for the body, if you give it the right support, it can thrive. It can come back even after 30 years of abuse or something. It's, it's a powerful being. Um, and so to me, replacing lost stomach acid uh, is, is one of the big first steps. And that's where you, you like PPIs are also linked to osteoporosis and bone fractures right. later on in life. Um, and again, that's probably just due to loss of nutrients over the entire period yeah. in which someone was taking that product. So if we can build that back up naturally through your food, um, with an, an, an HCL product like HCL guard, um, hopefully we can begin to try to take down some of the side effects of using that maybe earlier in your life or whenever you needed it. Yeah, for sure. Really good points there. Now let's talk about digestive enzymes and the importance there. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, um, the, the sort of orchestra that happens right at the top of the small intestine, right underneath the stomach is really cool and crazy complex where there's bile acids coming in, there's bicarbonate coming in, uh, pancreatic enzymes are coming in. And really, uh, if everything's gone right so far, what's going to happen next is the ph is going to get bumped way up the bile acids are going to go to work on the fat in the in the meal and the the enzymes as well you have amylase which is a carbohydrate enzyme from the pancreas lipase is a fat digesting enzyme and then protease all coming in from the pancreas to basically take what are still pretty big molecules pretty big structures and and chop them up further so that your brush border enzymes which actually come off of the villi which are the little hair like um, projections off the, the small intestine, they're going to finish sort of uh, the big, I don't know, breakdown of all your food so that you can absorb those nutrients as quickly as possible. So when that process is happening correctly, you're getting the nutrients out in like the first two thirds of your small intestine, like really quickly, your body's like sucking in all this goodness from the food. And there's not a lot left that actually makes it to the lower small intestine and into the large intestine, into the colon, which is actually where your microbiome is. Your microbiome is down mostly at the top of the large intestine, some in the, the lower small intestine. And there's, there's microbe enzymes down there. There's microbiome enzymes down there that further kind of extract some nutrients, some electrolytes, uh, get some water. That's where some other cool stuff happens with short chain fatty acids. We'll talk about in a minute. But right in that small intestinal window is when we want to break down those, those FODMAPs, those carbohydrate chains. We want to take all that food for ourselves. And we don't really leave that much for pathogenic bacteria or the, we don't set up the conditions for nature just to bloom around our food. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you guys about a new greens product called Island Bliss. Most greens products out there are using poor quality ingredients and they taste chalky and bitter. But the great thing about Island Bliss is it tastes amazing. It feels like you're in the tropics with every sip. It's got 12 organic greens. It's got turmeric. It's got a Vita Berry blend in there. All these things to help support oxidative stress, to help detoxify your body and to help reduce cravings and stimulate a positive mood and metabolism. You guys are going to love Island Bliss. You can check it out at earthechofoods.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off. Again, that's earthechofoods.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to save 15% off. You guys will love the Island Bliss. If you tried green drinks in the past, nothing compares to the flavor of Island Bliss. You're going to love it. So check it out today. Yeah, for sure. And so normally when we have enough stomach acid, we're producing enough bile, we're producing enough digestive enzymes, kind of creating this whole orchestra. But for so many people, again, due to very similar reasons, really, I mean, just all the same reasons we talked about with stomach acid, they're not producing enough digestive enzymes. And a lot of people have noticed really good improvements when they start supplementing with them. And you have a great product called Holozymes. Let's talk about that and why that's different than other digestive enzymes that are out there on the market. Yeah. Um, so my experience is when I saw people as a consultant, a digestive consultant, and my own experience as someone who struggles with food my entire life was that digestive enzymes, some days worked so well, they're amazing. Yeah. And other days they just I was like, are these things even working? I paid like 90 bucks for this bottle. Um, and 
that drove me nuts because I'm an engineer and, and part of what engineers do is they eliminate risk over time. And that's, we're trying to always get more gain, less risk. And so it just drove me nuts. Like, how can I not predict who's going to be helped by this enzyme product and who's, who's not going to be helped by it? Uh, and so I would just tell people to take like two $90 bottles of enzymes at the same time, which is a lot of money. And it typically it would work later on as I was starting this, this new iteration of healthy gut. And I was like, I got to solve this enzyme problem. Um, I went around the world, talked to a lot of manufacturers and I found a PhD in Utah who was like, you know, like everybody who, who has a breakthrough, he's screaming from the mountaintops. Hey, I figured it out. Um, people just weren't doing the biochemistry and, I believe all miracles. That's obviously that's why I spent $400,000. I'm like, Hey, show me your miracle. I'll try it. If it works, I'll tell the world about it. Uh, there's a, there's a big graveyard. I have more bottles than I have books in my house. Um, <laughs> that didn't you got work. A lot of books. I see them back there. <laughs> Thanks man. <laughs> you too. Um, yeah. so this guy said, Hey man, there's, there's biochemistry to enzymes. They need a cofactor to turn on. They need the right pH environment to operate and they need a mineral cofactor. They need electricity from a mineral to operate. And any enzyme that's built from an animal, so that's a human, a cow, a pig, that is a cofactor and an enzyme bound together. In science, we call that a whole enzyme, W-H-O-L-E. Anything we manufacture that's vegetarian or vegan, we do it in the lab, um, that becomes an APO enzyme, APO. APO means without. It's the enzyme without the mineral cofactor. And then what this guy did was sit in a lab and drop minerals in Petri dishes with enzymes and thought, and, and just would measure their activity. Did it increase it? Did it not do anything? And he figured out the right partner for each enzyme and the right sort of type of mineral, like magnesium citrate worked better than magnesium glycinate for this, for this specific, uh, uh, basically for the specific enzyme. And so he had patented this, he did six pilot trials on this, on this basic formula he put out there, really great results, but he just couldn't get the word out. And so uh, we worked together, I tried his product and it actually worked right away. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is why we see inconsistent results. Because with one meal, maybe you're liberating your magnesium. And with another meal, you're maybe not. And that's why the brands are sometimes working and sometimes not working. And so Holozyme was this idea like, okay, we're going to have uh, pancreatic enzymes, brush water enzymes, and microbe enzymes, because we don't know which one we're deficient in. It's really hard to measure these. Um, and then we're going to put in all the cofactors to make sure that it's like all in one package. We're not hoping that you ate the right food. We're not hoping your stomach acid is correct. We're going to make sure this pill works each time you take it. And so that's what Holozymes is. And I think that's why I'm so excited about it. And just, I'm, I'm like really proud of it because it, it really helps me on a daily basis and it's helped a lot of other people. Yeah. And so basically it's got a wider pH range than most enzyme products out there. Cause like you were saying, we don't know exactly what environment it's going into in the small intestine. You should have a fairly alkaline environment and <clears throat> the stomach should have very acidic environment. We just don't know based on your digestive mechanics. So you want it to work at all those levels. And then you've got that mineral cofactor. Now, magnesium was the mineral that that you guys are using in there. Um, it's a whole it's a whole range. So it's calcium, yeah. magnesium. Um, there's a fulvic acid black mineral powder in there to cover all your trace nutrients. Hmm. Um, zinc uh, zinc's in there. Um, and basically, each one of these is sort of bound to the enzyme when it gets in yeah. there and starts uh, going at it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also saw that there's one particular enzyme that there's a high dose of, it is the xylanase enzyme. And I've read about how that actually helps with breaking down salicylates. And there's a lot of people that have certain unique kind of food intolerances to these salicylate compounds. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, sure. So, so xylanase is a, is a microbiome enzyme. It's excreted normally by your microbiome. And as you've talked about on your show, and, and as most people know now, like depending on your history and what you've been up to and what your environment is, we can lose whole phyla, whole species of, of microbiome. Uh, and so you may not just be making this enzyme anymore as a theory. And so what we know now, it's still very new, but I saw enough clinical benefit that I was like, we just got to put this in the product. But basically it looks like polyphenols, which is the bigger umbrella category. It salicylates are underneath that. Mm -hmm. uh, polyphenols are so important for health. Like they feed yeah. good 
microbiome. They, they are like heart protective, brain protective. Like, I mean, they're like amazing stuff unless you can't break them down. If right. you can't break them down, they become like a toxin. Mm -hmm. And so xylanase appears to cleave off a certain part of these polyphenols to kind of make it easier for the body to absorb them and use them. And uh, the, I guess the theory that we're working off at this point is that certain people have low expression of the xylanase enzyme. These polyphenols cause them issues. We supplement with it these types of sort of weird skin uh, issues, uh, brain fog, like issues. Um, you can have like the swelling of the nasal cavities, all sort of like food sensitive sensitivity type reactions tend to decrease for some people when they have a higher dose of xylanase yeah. in a, in an enzyme product. Yeah. And the salicylate issues, I mean, to, to talk about things like, uh, you know, turmeric, blueberries, dark chocolate, green tea, like all these things that we're told, I mean, these are amazing. They have so much polyphenols, olive oil, Right. But some people don't react well to them because they're not metabolizing them well. And oftentimes it's also linked with like neuro, neuro issue, neurological issues like autism, ADHD, things like that. Again, not always the case. Um, everybody's unique and different and there's different root cause factors. But for some individuals, you know, salicylates can really cause an increase in inflammation in their body because they're not metabolizing them well. So it's, uh, it's interesting. You guys, you know, I was looking at some other enzyme formulas and definitely loaded up on that xylanase in there yeah i did a lot of testing i mean on myself and then my oh. team I, I asked them to be guinea pigs with me and and we have some uh community groups that we asked to be our advanced testers and it just seems like you need a higher dose hmm. and when you have the higher dose it does yeah. seem to help a certain percentage and i don't know if that's only five percent or ten percent but i do know that those people who are having this issue and they don't know about it it's like it's coloring their whole world. And yeah. as soon as they get the xylanase, it's like someone just removed all the fog in front of their eyes. Mm. Um, and so again, I'm trying to build a product that works for like 80% of the time or 80% of the people, which is, it, it costs a lot of money. It takes a lot of time to really just keep getting feedback from people. Because when I eat a meal, if I've, I've worked so hard to be healthy that day, I've worked so hard to make sure it's wild caught or, or farm raised yeah. or something. I want to make sure I'm getting all of that meal and I can't control a lot of things, but at least with the enzyme product, I'm going to say, look, we're going to, this is the insurance capsule. Maybe that day your pH is a little off. Maybe that day your, your villi are, are sluggish or, you know, they're, you're still fighting through some, some small intestine infections that are blunting the release of those brush border enzymes. Um, you know, hopefully holozyme is going to come in and just fill that gap and allow you to, to actually break down that food. Yeah, that's so good. And so let's let's transition now into postbiotics. A lot of people have heard about prebiotics and of course probiotics and antibiotics, but postbiotics is really kind of a new term that's now coming out into the uh, nutraceutical world. And you guys have a great product that really addresses that as well. So let's talk about postbiotics. Yeah, so um, actually polyphenols we were just talking about yeah. are one of uh, a great source of your, your microbiome turns those into short chain fatty acids, or at least certain parts of the bacteria do. Um, these short chain fatty acids are kind of like MCTs. If you've heard of those, a lot of people have medium chain triglycerides. So they're like, um, fatty acid molecules that are like eight to 12 long short chain fatty acids are like three to six long. And the top one is butyrate and butyrate has been studied for many decades. Um, it's what it's what 70 to 80% of your colon cells use that as their, their energy source. And so there's this whole thing around like, Oh, eat your vegetables are really good for your health. Well, vegetables contain polyphenols and they contain fermentable fiber. And part of what's happening there is you're, you're feeding this microbiome to produce butyrate and in a way like broccoli is actually kind of like a postbiotic. I mean, it's, you could eat it knowing that, Hey, I'm feeding my, my good bugs today. Mm as long as you can break it down. That butyrate, like I said, is taken up by the colon sites, um, which helps lower the oxygen in the colon area, lowers the pH as well, which creates a favorable uh, conditions for microbiome health and microbiome diversity. We want all that stuff. Beyond that, like five to 10% of it is absorbed into your body, into the pool vein. It helps support the liver, it helps support the kidneys. It goes to the brain, the lungs, the heart, um, the bones. So butyrate is sort of like the magnesium of the gut. Uh, it is involved all over the body and super important. And so postbiotics is this idea of 
taking a supplement or taking a compound with the end in mind. All that other stuff, the, the prebiotic, the fiber, or the probiotics, a lot of what it's trying to do other than like reduce inflammation and improve you know, gut function is create more short chain fatty acids. And so postbiotics is a way to just skip right to the end. Yeah, yeah. And so butyric acid is the most well-studied of those and uh, uh, particularly of the short chain fatty acids. And so there are different ways that people are supplementing with butyric acid. And you guys have one with the tributarin. And so let's talk about that and the difference between that and what, what kind of results you guys are seeing with it. Yeah. So I, I mean, the research on, on butyric acid for all types of issues is just super exciting. Like, I mean, it's like almost like discovering probiotics in like 2000. It's mm -hmm. like, the potential for for gain here for a number of issues is is amazing and so i've tried a lot of the sodium butyrates a lot of the other products in the market on and off over the years whenever i get excited and i always just was let down i just didn't notice much um and so it was a couple of years ago when i dove back into this problem because i was trying to figure out what's the next thing that i could make for the world that is a true leap in technology in supplements and again i found another really uh super smart phd in spain this time who was just describing the chemistry and he's like look um butyric acid is really stinky and it's really volatile and so uh for a long time we couldn't even make it in a form humans could consume because it it smells like the worst vomit in the world like you if it gets near your your face you're not gonna you're gonna be out and so he was like we have figured out a capsule technology a true enteric capsule technology that takes that smell away and beyond that, what that does is allow us to keep it in a fat-backed molecule, a tributyrin molecule. So you have uh, salt bonded, sodium butyrate or magnesium calcium butyrates bonded. Those are readily absorbed in the small intestine across the membrane really quickly. You can't slow it down. It just is what it is. Um, you get it through the stomach, protect it, which is what most of the brands do. And then it's immediately, as soon as the capsule opens, it's and, and the research studies on it are really good. Like it's not a bad product at all. It's just the first generation technology. Tributyrin and putting it inside of a package to protect it is the next generation because it is basically a time-released chemistry, if you will. You need lipase to break down the tributyrin molecule, and so it coats the digestive tract longer and gets deeper, is our belief, and, and it seems like in practice that's what's happening. And so um, our product is the first product with the enteric capsulation. Uh, patent pending there, and then 99.9% .9 purity on the liquid tributyrin. And so that combination um, seems to be doing just really amazing things for people with leaky gut-like symptoms, uh, histamine-related issues, food sensitivities, uh, loose stools that are unresponsive to all the other uh, mechanisms out there that, that you can use to control those. Um, it's a, a really cool breakthrough in uh, technology and I had no idea. I mean, that's kind of what I do is I create a product, I put it out there. Some of them fail. Some of them are successes. And this is probably our biggest success. It's it's right. quite amazing. And butyric acid really plays a big role with keeping the tight junctions in the gut. And people have heard about leaky gut. So it really helps strengthen those tight junctions. Is that correct? To keep those enterocytes, intestinal cells um, intact. So we don't have like large food particles and bacteria and pathogens seeping into the bloodstream. Yeah, yeah, it does. And studies show that butyric acid basically strengthens the tight junction uh, proteins. Uh, the other thing, and I heard you talk about this on another podcast, um, the reason why tr I think tributyrin is like the ultimate leaky gut compound is it does a number of things. Uh, that's why I call it the magnesium of the gut. Yeah. One of the things it does is it it uh, does the MUC2 expression from the cells. Yeah. So it helps mm -hmm. express more mucus, uh, which protects right. those tight junctions from getting attacked in the first place. Uh, and the other thing it does is it uh, increases your alpha and beta defensins and some of your other defense in molecules, which are sort of these like specialized defense molecules that protect the mucus lining. Okay, um, yep. And so there's this whole cascade that tributyrin can help a gut with that you'd have to take like three or four other products to kind of get it all. Mm. How about secretory IgA? Does it impact that at all? There's I haven't seen a study directly yeah. on that yet. The theory would be yes, that it at least improves the cellular health to enable the release of it or the appropriate mm -hmm. release of it. It does uh, boost T helper cells. 
uh, right behind the the gut lining there. So if we're looking at um, sort of like how does the immune system react and when does it know to release secretory IgA, uh, butyrate and butyric acid is really good at balancing a out of control inflammation and sort of like a TH1 or TH2 dominant system yeah. in inside the gut. Yeah, this is so key. Most people don't realize that that mucous membrane that is really the immune component of the gut. Its job is to protect against bacterial overgrowth, pathogenic species of bacteria from overgrowing, let's say like uh, C. difficile and things like that, um, yeast, parasites. Its job is to protect against an overgrowth of these things, but most people, their mucous membrane is really worn down and they don't have enough of these kind of defense ins and these Immune, immune compounds to help support them and not enough T helper cells in there. And then they've got damage to the tight junctions. And so they're not, you know, breaking, and then they have less enzymes and they need stomach acid, all that kind of stuff. And so this whole process ends up leading to large undigested food, food compounds and pathogens getting into the bloodstream. And then the immune system goes haywire because it knows, wow, this is a threat to my survival. So it ramps up immunity. And then you end up with food sensitivities, food, you know, food allergies possibly, um, which are less common. Most, most of the time it's food sensitivities or histamine and mast cell uh, reactions, which, which is a growing issue as well. So it's really working on the mechanics there, you know, and this is what, what we've been talking about throughout this, getting the digestion mechanics right. And then also really supporting that mucous membrane, tightening up those tight junctions, making sure that they're as stress resilient as possible. Um, you know, we're all under stress. We're all going to have some damage to the gut from time to time, but we want to make them as resilient as possible. And uh, those postbiotics play an important role with that. Yeah, they they really do. I mean, I've used a lot of leaky gut powders over my life and uh, with people, and some of them do work some of the time. It's just yeah. not as, you know, I'm not against glutamine. I, I think L-glutamine is great as well. Yeah. It's just that L-glutamine is not necessary for the lower small intestine. And some people do have glutamate reactions and things like that. So it can be kind of hard to know who's going to respond, who's not going to respond with something like a, a really high quality uh, butyric acid compound. The response rate is much higher when you get the right product. And so uh, that's what I like about it. Also, um, there's studies on butyric acid and uh, mast cells, and basically it helps regulate the, the appropriate release of histamine from the mast cells. And so, mm. like you said, those of the people out there who have a glass of red wine and they're just all messed up, like foggy and they're yeah. red and flushing, uh, people who can't eat leftovers, people that bone can't broth. eat some of the, yeah, bone broth, some of these reactions yeah, apple are- Apple cider vinegar, you know, so like all these things we talk about that are really good for your gut, bone broth, apple cider vinegar. If you have histamine intolerance, you oftentimes those things flare you up. Yeah, curcumin as well, Yeah, um, turmeric. Yeah. Um, so those are all really good signs that you have a histamine issue going on. You have an improper release of histamine and, uh, tributyrin is one of the compounds that at least can start to re-regulate that histamine release. Uh, and it's been really good for those people. Um, oftentimes as people try to get well, they shrink their diet, either they go to elimination diet or they, you know, they're shrinking it down and then they can get stuck. They can get stuck in that cycle where mm -hmm. due to enzymes, stomach acid, something, histamine release, they can't really reintroduce foods. And then this creates a, a dysbiotic microbiome on accident because they were trying to get better. And maybe they did start feeling better, but they can't dig out of the hole. And Tributyrin X has been one of the products I found that's the best that sort of immediately, like within like three to six weeks, helping people start to be tolerant of more foods again. And how, how do you dose that? What's your kind of your strategy for dosing it? So everybody starts with one, one per day. Again, I'm a huge believer in statistics. Like yeah. it's kind of hard not to just like math is math. Uh, but we don't like to talk about it too much in the health world because it, it, it makes things confusing for, for patients and, and for people who are trying to, to biohack their health or whatever, figure it out. Yep. But statistically speaking, 34% of any given population is going to need more or less of a certain supplement, a pharmaceutical, anything like this. And so I'm a big believer in figuring out your ideal dosage, whether it's Holozymes, HDL guard or tributernex. And so, and, and that includes everything that includes vitamin D, like testing your actual levels. You might not need 5,000 IUs yeah. of vitamin D3. You might need 10,000. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know unless you, you look into this, but with tributernex, we do one pill. Uh, if you're, if you're like a crazy sensitive person, so you're listening to this, you have those histamine reactions, you know, that you're a sensitive person. 
um, or you're, you're really like stuck on laxatives, um, go one pill every three days. It's so powerful for those people. They need to really slowly introduce this um, and then build up from there. If you're more of a average, average Joe type person, you, you're, you know, or at least your body's at a higher level of health, you can tolerate more. I just start with one pill every day, uh, usually in the afternoon, yeah. because there's studies on mice and rats showing that it boosts uh, deep sleep numbers by like 400%. Now that's not going to be wow. the same in humans. Yeah. Um, but we do have reports of people with uh, aura rings having low deep sleep numbers and then taking the tributyrin X with dinner or before bed and having an increase in their deep sleep scores. So there's some translation. It's not, it's definitely not 400% translation. Um, but I, I tell people to take it with dinner um, because some people, we actually have a group of people like 10% of customers use it for sleep. It just yeah, helps them so much. That's great. That's great. So taking it with food later in the day would be your advice. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be with food, but that's generally when you would have a postbiotic process okay. happen. Yeah. That makes sense. And then, and then just go up one pill every three days and feel your body, like literally feel yeah. into your body. Um, butyric acid is a, uh, regulator of, uh, uh, speed and prokinetics and things like that inside the gut. Um, and so too much butyric acid can slow you down and constipate you. That's okay. when you've hit the wall. And so you need to take less than that. And so that's why I tell people to go slowly. If you're on the constipated side or the sensitive side, uh, if you're more on the, I'm pretty averagely yeah. healthy, or you're on the loose stool side, you know, you can, you can ramp up more and more. Most people in the customer usage base, the surveys we've done take between two or four a day. Okay. Good to know. Yep. And then how about last thing was, uh, dosing the holozymes. How do you recommend dosing those? So the six pilot studies on humans, the dosage, uh, and this was like a less potent form are, are this is version three we're on now. And it's a, it's a much more potent form, but, uh, those studies did two capsules per meal and then two capsules before bed for the, uh, uh, for the proteolaic basically, okay, and yeah, the systemic yeah. effects there. Um, again, if you're someone who's dealing with like pretty intense symptomology, uh, you're working with a functional medicine provider or a coach of some type, um, we do have people go up to and, and do like six per, per meal because they're just so wrecked um, and they, they really can't break down their food. And then some people who are like really dealing with a lot of pain, uh, let's say you're an athlete, you've done a big workout or something, um, you can take you know as many as you want before bed, but most people don't go above six before bed. Yeah, proteolytic enzymes. When you take enzymes that break down protein away from meals, they actually go in and break down inflammatory proteins and scar tissue and different things like that. You, we think about like C-reactive protein, which is a protein that's part of the immune system that we can measure on blood tests. Well, well proteolytic enzymes can actually metabolize that and lower that. So it lowers overall inflammation, helps with the healing process. So yeah, you can also take them away from meals as well. So really good stuff. And I know we've got a, a special coupon code. It's if you go to healthy gut, it's healthygut.com. Yeah, healthygut.com and use the coupon code drjockers15. That will save you 15% off. And of course, we'll have everything in the show notes as well for you guys. And also, we are also selling them off of drjockers.com. My health coaches are using these products and really seeing great results with our clients. So we're excited about these. And Steve, any last words, anything we didn't go through that you think would be good for the listener or any last words of inspiration for our people? I mean, I would just say that number one, I'm assuming that people listening to the show have bought from your store, they should buy from your mm -hmm. store, or they bought other high-end products out there. If you're at home, you have an enzyme at home, and you're like, oh man, I just heard of this podcast, I should get their brand. Well, I mean, you probably should, but there's a lot you can <laughs> do with enzymes before that. I think enzymes yeah. are one of the most underrated uh, tools in our tool shed out there. And that's both systemically and digestively. There is literally almost no upper limit to, to the safety profile of enzymes. And when you hit the right dosage for that particular brand, for your particular body, it, it really is another light switch moment where you're like, I'm not fighting my food again, or that achy thing in my body or whatever isn't aching anymore. And so I really encourage people, if you have another digestive brand at home, just start doubling or tripling the dosage for like the next five days and see what happens. And then take it, mm. take it um, systemically without food and see what happens. Because 
again, people are really, really sleeping on the power of enzymes for aging and for uh, just overall health, I think. Yeah, so key. You know, most people are just not producing enough enzymes. They don't have you know, the right enzyme balance in their system. And so, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. That's great advice. And Steve, you know, I just want to take a moment and just, um, you know, and just acknowledge the great work you're doing. Obviously you've been doing, you've been in this industry for a while and uh, now going out of your way to create these innovative products and start this company and uh, really help revolutionize the natural health world and uh, create great products that, you know, we're going to change a lot of lives. So thanks so much for that. Thanks for being a great guest. Really enjoyed our discussion today. And guys, again, check out healthygut.com where you can find the products we talked about. Use that coupon code DRJockers15. Or if you want to get them off of our website, you can use the coupon code JOCKERS10. That's 10% off uh, those products on our website as well. So thanks again, Steve. And we'll see you guys on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.